0: Is being part of a church necessary? Does it matter if you attend church? Does it matter if you become a member of a church? As many of you know, we started Venture Church about six years ago. And you've heard me say many times, it's a church you can attend, but it's not necessarily a church that you can join because we didn't have a formal membership structure. We were holding off on that. Well, I'm pleased to announce today that at the end of this sermon series, we will officially begin accepting members into the Venture Church family. Uh, this month, we'll be installing new bo- uh, bylaws, a new governance structure, and a new process to become a part of our church family. So, I thought before we do that, it would be a good idea for us to talk about why church. Uh, what difference does it make? I mean, why do I need to be part of a church family? Why should I consider joining a church? Why do I need to belong if I can just tag along? You know, is, is it really necessary? So we're going to talk today uh, about community. This is just one of the purposes for why it's important to be part of a church family. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Romans, chapter number 12. We'll begin reading in verse number 3. It says, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather, think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, here it is, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Let's pray. Heavenly Fathers, we open your word this morning. God, I pray that you would speak to us. Lord, these good folks have come today to hear from you, not from me. So God, I pray that as your word is preached, that your Holy Spirit would just allow the word to fall on a heart that is that is ready to receive it. God, that you would show us what you would have each one of us to do. God, just guide and direct our conversation. May everything we do say, sing. Uh, Today, just bring glory and honor to you. Lord, we dedicate this time to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We need each other, amen? We need each other. That has never been more evident than since Hurricane Ian invaded our community. There are those sitting amongst us today who have lost their home, their cars, their clothes, and their jobs. Our community was hit very hard by Hurricane Ian. And I'm very sorry to say that even one of our members lost their life to the floodwaters as they rose up. Sue Ann Schell passed away in her home in the Tin City area. So very sad. In the midst of all the death and destruction and debris, I've seen an incredible spirit of community arise not only in our church, but in other churches, numerous churches, numerous nonprofits throughout Collier County working together on the front line. And I just want to say, churches have stepped up in a big way the last two weeks. I have seen, quote unquote, the church really step up and meet needs in our community at this time. And, and I just want to say that Venture Church, I could not be more proud uh, of, the, of the results and, and of the, the commitment and the sacrifice that I have seen so many people in our church make to step in to make a difference in people's lives, to step in to help. On Thursday morning after Hurricane Ian hit on Wednesday, Uh, A group of people arrived at my house Thursday morning at 9 o'clock, and before the floodwaters had even receded, we went out to uh, the first home that we worked in. We drove through water in the road, and we, we walked through water that was 12 to 18 inches deep just to get to the house. And I said to those who were walking up there with me this, if we see a snake, it's every man for himself women, children and babies that goes out the door becomes irrelevant when a snake enters the picture. So I just wanted to make sure everybody knew right off the bat that uh, that was the rule here. <clears throat> I would like to take just a moment if you volunteered, if you came and helped us muck out, if you brought food, if you if you were part of the the 80 plus volunteers who who worked and sacrificed over the last uh, really, 18 days. Would you stand up? I would just, just, just take a moment, just stand up, and we, we just want to say a big thank you. Stand up all around. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Over 80 volunteers from Venture Church stepped up to serve. We mucked out 19 homes in numerous communities Bayshore, Brookside, River Park, Isla Capri throughout East Naples. Each day we had people bring lunch directly to the job site so we could eat right there and then get right back to work. And many of you weren't able to come and muck out homes, but you were willing to give. And so far, Venture Church, you have given over $50,000 to provide equipment, tools, totes, and tarps. Let's give a big hand there. Uh, On Friday, I drove north of Tampa, and we picked up an entire trailer full of commercial dehumidifiers, air scrubbers, high-velocity fans, and we'll be distributing them this week to those that now the drywall is out, but uh, just having a little air conditioning or a few fans is not going to dry the house out to the level it needs to, and so we'll begin distributing those. If you or your family or you know a neighbor that needs to borrow those for three to four days, uh, you can just email info at VentureNaples.com, info at VentureNaples.com. Uh, give us the name, address, and phone number of the person that um, you know, may need this, and we'll do the best to add them to the list. And uh, all 100% free of charge uh, because of you know just the sacrifice of, of so many people. The work that our teams did, if they were paid the going rate of $10 a square foot, would have cost homeowners over $350,000. But we did it for free. Why? Because love does. Remember that sermon series, Love Does? This is when we put it into action and when we just get out there and we become the hands and feet and the heart of Jesus Christ. In a demonstration of true Christian love, Berrien Center Bible Church in Berrien Center, Michigan called me immediately after the storm to see how they could help. And after my conversation with the pastor, Pastor Dan Jarvis, they called to tell me that their church took up an offering on a Sunday morning and they purchased 1,000 sheets of drywall, a pallet of mud, cases of drywall tape, and they will be delivered tomorrow morning to my house. So if you need drywall, call me. (laughs) Can we just say a big thank you to Berrien Center Bible Church? I have had churches, Seattle, on the east coast of Florida, uh, Michigan. Uh, We've had some firefighters from Wisconsin. Um, I have had so many people reach out that want to come down and help and to be a part of the recovery, and uh, I I just am, am blown away by the uh, just the move uh, that has happened here since the hurricane hit. We've been praying since we started Venture Church that God would spark uh, a movement in our community, uh, and it's very possible that He may use something this. This challenging in our community to do that very thing because I have seen God do some incredible things here in the last 18 days. So again, I asked the question, why is community important? Why should we join a church? Well, number one, because we need each other. I'm going to give you four, four supporting reasons to demonstrate why we need each other this morning. So if you're taking notes, point number one, I need others to walk with me. In other words, I need people to help me to grow spiritually. The Bible says in in Colossians 2, 6, and 7, "As uh, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted, built up, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So here we see that... Our, our relationship with Jesus Christ, he likens to us walking with him. It's a walk. We're called to walk in the light. We're called to walk in love. We're called to walk in obedience. We're called to walk in the Holy Spirit. We're to walk in wisdom. We're to walk as Jesus walked. This this metaphor, this idea of us walking together, is a part of what it means to be part of the family of God. We walk together. We're on a journey together because you and I were never intended to go through life alone. Now, some of you say, well, I like being alone. I like walking alone. Let me give you five reasons why walking with others is better than walking alone. Number one, walking with others is safer. There's just safety in numbers. Have you ever had to walk through a dark alley in a big city at night by yourself? It's scary. It can be nerve-wracking to be out in places you've never been before, all alone, it is it is safer to be with other people. Walking with others keeps you going. It keeps you from giving up. When you're walking with others on the journey, when you, if you were by yourself, would you say, I'm not going to do it. I, I just don't think I can do it. But when you're walking with others, they encourage you, oh, come on, let's go. We can do this. There's an old Zambian proverb that says this, when you run alone, you run fast. When you run together you run far life is not to not to be a 50 yard dash it's it's a marathon we're to make it to the end even nature knows this if you look at if you look at geese when they're flying they fly in a v formation and they do this because they can fly farther in formation because it it creates an updraft and they don't get as tired and they're smart enough to know to re uh, you know just to to, to rotate who's going to be the lead goose there. I don't know that walking with others is smarter. Proverbs 28, we just finished a series in Proverbs. Proverbs 28, 26 says, Those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. You know, sometimes if you're going by yourself, you can miss the exit, you can get lost, but when you have somebody with you, they can, they, they can help you navigate. They can help you see things that maybe you haven't seen They'll tell you things that nobody else will tell you. Hey, we're, we're, we're on the wrong path here. I don't think we're heading in the right direction. I remember one time our family was the first time we took the entire family out west on vacation. And so we were flying into Denver and then from there uh, going to see all the different places we were going. So we flew into Denver. It was late at night. By the time we got our bags and got to the rental car place and and finally got in the rental car, we put the address of the hotel into the GPS, and it proceeded to take us to the very edge of the earth in the middle of nowhere. My wife said, I don't think this is taking us where we're supposed to be. I saw a sign that said, Welcome to Area 51. I'm like, What is going on? So I called the hotel. And I asked for directions. And they said, oh, yeah, if you put our address and it'll take you to the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. You need to use our neighbor's address. Well, that would have been a handy piece of information. Sometimes you need somebody to go along with you to help you navigate to see things that you couldn't see or didn't see or would miss. In Hebrews, Paul writes this in Hebrews 10, 24, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The reality is I need people to spur me on and you probably need people to spur you on at times. People to kind of, you know, get you moving. That phrase spur on there in Hebrews carries the, 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 the connotation of inflicting a little bit of pain and discomfort to get you moving. It's kind of like the spurs that a, that a cowboy wears and just lightly you know, gets the horse moving. We're called to spur one another on, to motivate each other to love and good deeds. Because the reality is sometimes we all need a little motivation, don't we? Because it's easy to sit on the couch, right? We need others to encourage us in the journey. Some of you, know, some maybe that are joining us online this morning, could use a little spurring. You've grown comfortable watching church online. And I get it. It's, there's something really nice about just sitting there with a cup of coffee, kicking back, and just watching church. And you know what? If you, if you have to do it for health reasons, I understand. If you have something going on, you have a work schedule and you can't make it, I completely get it. But it's not a replacement for meeting together live and in person if, if you're at home watching today just because it just became easier to do, you will not experience the true community of being part of a faith family by just watching a church online. You need to be here. You need to be shaking hands and, and, and getting to know one another and working together. I'm your pastor. I'm your friend. I love you too much to let you drift away. And one day, your family will say, well, we used to go to church, then COVID hit, and we kind of stopped, and we started watching online, and now we don't watch, and we don't go anywhere. I don't want that to be said for you. So if you're at home watching, ask yourselves, so, you know, should I really be in church? Is it time we get back in church? And I think the answer there is yes. There, now you've been spurred. Now you know what that feels like. <laughs> we need community. Community is God's answer to loneliness. If you're part of a family, you shouldn't be lonely because you've got people that walk through life with you. That's the importance of connect groups. If you're not in a connect group, I encourage you to become a part of one. Secondly, I need people to work with me. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus, look at this, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, you're not saved by good works but you are saved to do good works. As as part of the family of God, it's what we do. It's who we are. Anytime that you're doing good works in the name of Jesus, we call that ministry. We call that serving. It's, It's helping people. It's loving people. It has been a beautiful thing to see everybody coming together in the last few weeks to accomplish, quite frankly, what I would have never believed we could have accomplished. I grew up in the heart of Amish country, northeast Ohio. Amish were my neighbors. And it was always fascinating to see an old-fashioned barn raising where they would build an entire barn in a day. The whole community would come out. They would have a pasture that would be filled with horse and buggies, and there would be just people everywhere, and, and they would build an entire great big barn in a day. It was incredible to see them working together. And I reflected on that this week as we were in the River Park community. We had a team that day of 30 volunteers, and we, we, we mucked out uh, three homes simultaneously, packing, cleaning, carrying, cutting, hauling, sweeping, a teensy bit of swearing. But I won't tell you the names of who, who did that, but you know, sometimes that just happens. Our church family lived out Galatians 6:10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. It has just been truly incredible to see so many people step up as we had opportunity and there was opportunity everywhere. We needed every single person who volunteered this week. Every single person who donated The task was way too big for only a few people to do. But every week at 9 o'clock, we would meet on Mile and I, and people would come, 12, 15, 20. One day, 30 people show up. What a beautiful thing to see community and church come together to work together. Venture Church is a community-facing church. We want to be in our community loving, serving, giving and working the venture cares mobile market will be launching soon and we'll be able to take our food trailer into the communities that really need help to provide healthy nutritious food we've already purchased the trailer it's already been built it's being it's being completed as we speak and i'm hoping in the next 6 weeks uh, it will arrive Our mobile market will be the only full-choice food pantry in Collier County, to my knowledge. And what that means is that our guests, when they come to the mobile market, they'll be able to shop for the foods that their family actually eats. They'll be able to go. It's it's basically a single-aisle grocery store on wheels, and we'll have it stocked with not just what we can get from the food bank, but, but we'll supplement it with things that, that, that the folks in the community really want and they need and their family will eat. Not just pulling in and being handed a bag of food, but they'll be able to walk through the, 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 the trailer and they'll be able to pick that which their family needs once and will eat. Here's what I know. It will take probably 80 to 100 volunteers just to run that ministry. And after seeing the way this church has come together in the last few weeks, I have no doubt that, that we will be able to do it in a significant way. Working together, walking together. Let me give you the third reason why community is so important. is because I need others to watch out for me. Philippians 2, verse 3, Paul says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of others. We need to look out for the interests of others. Caring for other peoples. You know, if our teams didn't help out mucking out these homes this week, what would have happened? Black mold would have continued to grow up the walls and eventually up to the ceiling. It was horrible. What we saw by the end of our By the end of the week, last week, the the, the black mold was just everywhere. By helping these folks, by getting their homes dried out quickly, it helped to slow the growth of the mold to save families from a much more difficult restoration and some real challenging health issues. It's in fulfillment of this verse that says, love looks out for one another's interest. That's who we are. It's what we're called to do. Have you ever seen one of those neighborhood watch signs? As you pull into a community, it just says neighborhood watch. What does that mean? What that means is that it says, hey, we watch out for our people here. We take care of one another. You know, if you go on vacation, you may tell somebody, hey, we're going to be gone for a couple weeks. Could you just keep an eye on things to make sure everything is fine? We do that because we want to protect our stuff. But let me ask you this. Do you have anybody looking out for your soul? Because I can tell you, your soul is of far more value than your stuff. Is there anybody that's walking with you in your faith journey? You know, our mission as a church is to guide people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. To guide. We come alongside. We walk with others in their faith journey, just helping them to take their next step of faith. Every person in this auditorium this morning is at a different place in your faith journey. None of us are at the same place. But each of us helps the other person take that next step of faith so that your faith is growing. We need people to help us in our faith so we don't get discouraged, so we don't get depressed, so we don't give up. The reality is we all have blind spots in our lives. We all have areas where we can't see it, but the reality is we're not doing real good in these certain areas. That's why we need others to watch out for us. I need you. You need me. We look out for each other because we care about each other. We're part of a faith community that loves one another, that loves the lost. And we want to help each each person grow. Solomon said it like this in Ecclesiastes. He said, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Who's watching your spiritual back right now? Who's helping you in your faith journey take the next step? Anybody that calls you out when you get out of line? Anybody that kind of says, hey, what are you you doing? I haven't seen you in three weeks. Where you been? What's going on in your life? Do you have anybody in your life that speaks into your life spiritually, I hope you do. If you don't, I feel sorry for you because you've got a big bullseye in your back. You're, you're, you're just a perfect target for the enemy. You see, you're like that isolated, that isolated gazelle out in the safari, and the lions just like those isolated animals. You get away from the pack, get away from the community, and you become, you become a target. Traveling through life is dangerous. We need each other. On April 26, 2003, during a solo descent of the Blue John Canyon in southeastern Utah, Aaron Ralston dislodged a boulder and he pinned his right wrist to the canyon wall. After five days, he had to break his forearm in order to amputate his arm with a dull pocket knife to break himself free. Then he had to make his way through the rest of the canyon, rappel down a 60-foot drop, and hike seven miles to safety because he was hiking alone. How much different would his life have been if he had had someone with him? If he had just had somebody else with him on that journey His companion could have gone for help, but he didn't. He was alone. I can't imagine the courage it would take to even pull that pocket knife out and begin to think what he was going to have to do. Even pros need somebody watching their back. I do, you do, we all do. We need each other. That's why community is important. That's why being part of a church is so important very important. I need people to walk with me. I need people to work with me. I need people to watch out for me. And finally, I need people to be with me in times of crises. When we get bad news, we need our people with us. There are so many situations in life that nobody should have to go through alone. Nobody should have to Sit alone in the hospital waiting during a life or death surgery. No woman should have to sit alone while she's waiting for a lab test from a problem pregnancy. No one should ever have to wait for news from the battlefield alone. No one should ever have to sit in the home waiting for the coroner to identify the body of a loved one who just had a heart attack in your home. You shouldn't have to wait alone. No one should ever have to stand by an empty graveside alone. No man or woman should ever have to spend the first night alone when his or her spouse passes away. No one should have to spend the night alone when the wife walks out or the husband walks out in a marriage. I could go on and on. We were not meant to face the crises of life alone. And here's what I know. Some of, these, some of these situations will happen in your life. Some of these situations have already happened in your life. And you need a support network. You need a family who loves you, who knows you, who will sit with you, who will cry with you, who will just be with you. And you need to build that support network in your life now. Not wait until the crisis happens. of us know when the next hurricane, the next big situation is going to happen, when you're going to need that support group, when you're going to need those people in your life who will come around you and rally around you and be with you. The time to prepare is now. 1 Peter 3.8 says, finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. You see, that verse sums up What community is all about. Sympathy, love, compassion, humility. That's what community is all about. These are the characteristics that are needed when we face tough times, when we don't think we can go on, when we have no idea how we'll get through this, how we'll get beyond this, how we'll get this problem fixed, how we'll get it sorted out, how we'll ever be able to pay for it. But understand this, You don't have to fix people's problems when they're going through a crisis. The reality is they probably don't want your advice anyhow. They just want you to be there, just to be there and be quiet. You don't have to say anything profound, quite frankly. Often we get ourselves into trouble when we start to talk. The best thing we can do is just to be there with them so that they don't have to be alone and when the tears flow, that's a sign that it's time to stop and pray. You just pray through the tears. You see, community is important. Jesus established the local church as a body of believers who genuinely care for one another. You add value to me, and I hope I can add value to you, and we need each other. So that's why, in just a few weeks, we're going to begin formally joining Venture Church. I hope that you'll prayerfully consider being part of a community of believers that love God and that love others, that have a mission of guiding people into a growing relationship with Christ, who have a, a vision of sparking a movement of God in Southwest Florida, to be the hands and feet of Jesus throughout this community. So the first thing I want you to do is to just begin to pray and say, God, do you want me do you want me to be a part of Venture Church? Do you want me to be a part of this faith family as we go through life together as we serve here in this community as we seek to be the church that you've called us to be. So Venture Church family, I invite you to begin praying this week. And in the coming weeks, I'm going to be talking more about why church is important. Why it's so incredibly important to be part of a faith family. Especially as we go into these last days, into these difficult times. These are tough times. And we're going to need each other more and more. Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. And first of all, Lord, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for starting the church. This called out group of people who love Jesus and love one another. Who serve each other, that form one body. Though all different, all having different gifts, God, we can all come together to form a body that can do something so significant. Help us as we learn what it means to be the church. God, I pray for our community. Lord, we've done a lot so far, but we've only we've only just begun. This community is reeling in pain. So many people in our community have lost jobs, have lost income, have lost homes. I've heard stories of kids going to school with moldy clothes. God, help us to get out there and love on people, to serve people, to serve our community. God, may we just love people because that's what we've been told to do. And so God, help us, I pray, to be the church. And Lord, as we begin to formalize our church family here and begin to take members as a church In November, God, I pray that uh, you would speak to hearts and those who may want to join us and be a part of what you're doing in this community, God. So, Father, we love you, we praise you, and we worship you this morning. We love you, Jesus. It's in His name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen.